Yeah, yeah, no. It's Yak from the bench, not balling. Probably dripping Yak on the bench. Hello, everybody. Hello, my happy people. Happy people only today. No messing about today. No arguments. No transfer gossip. No negativity. Only positive vibes around here for now, today, or at least whilst you listen to this. Force that smile. Your good or your gods put on your face. Force it and sit back or sit up. Do what you want. This is a happy place. Here's 10 reasons for Liverpool fans to be happy today, right now, in the future, forever. Number 1. Young talent. Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones. Breaking into the first team potentially gives us two-thirds of our post-Hendo Genie midfield. I know just recency bias kills us all, yeah, it gets us all with this, the disease that that spreads among football opinionated people, yeah, opinionated people in general, let's be honest, not just football is it, and everybody seems to be really high on Harvey Elliott and really low on Curtis Jones, so we're not going to talk too much about Harvey Elliott because the boy speaks for himself, the fact that he's probably going to play a lot more than I think everybody expects, maybe a lot more than half of our midfield and we've got quite a few midfielders. I know people don't seem to act like it, but we got loads, man. Loads of sick players, yeah. So I'm going to give you some Jones stats, yeah. This is Jones from FB Ref. Obviously, all their um, percentile stats are compared to um, players in their position from the top five leagues across Europe, yeah. And these are all stats that are all 80th percentile or more for Jones. So better than 80% of those compared against. we got non-penalty XG expected goals yeah non-penalty expected goals above 80 percent of his competition assists expected assists shot creating actions pass completion progressive carries dribbles completed touches in penalty area and progressive passes received kind of like the midfield we're all begging for midfielder we're all begging for i should say he's right here and he's fucking scarce yeah Signing Cade Gordon and Bobby Clark within 12 months shows our intent to provide a home to the best young talent in this country and even abroad, yeah. It might not feel like it when we're watching players like CR7 and Lionel Messi and even Marlon Trincao and that move around, but these are genuine coups for the club. Genuine coups, yeah. And this is without mentioning some of the other younger players we've got here like Maslowski, however you say it, Baller. If you if you watch the under-18s, under-23s, you will know. I think he had like three or four of the top 10 goals scored by our academy teams last year. Billy Cometio, Leighton Stewart, Jake Kane, Marco Petulio in goal, Pizzaluga, sorry, etc. We could go on for a while. We've got some really good young talent there. Number two. Three plus years of peak left for most of our squad. I know this is the seems to be the one thing everybody agrees on is that we just haven't got a lot of time left with the majority of these players but by 2024 yeah Allison, Robbo, Canate, Gomez, Trent, Simicas, Kaita, Fabinho, Jones, Elliot, Jota will all still be in their primes if not at the start of their prime with only Allison, who's a keeper over the age of 30 keepers can go on forever especially a guy like Allison. i think he really will because i don't think he relies so much on like athleticism he's just an unreal goalkeeper and only robbo out of all of them 
do we not expect to get better with age in his position but at the age of 30 he still might be really really good yes Van Dijk and Matip will be 33 Salamane and Bobby will be 32 but if two or three of them are still valuable backup options you can see there isn't as much urgency as previously expected to overhaul the squad before 2024 that's 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 the difference it doesn't have to be an overhaul it, there just needs to be additions made and if we go at the rate that we sign players we're calm although nobody can debate that we will need to make around two signings a year to allow for a smooth transition but this is all positivity that's that's a good team in itself Alisson, Robo, Konate, Gomez, Trent, Simakas, Kaita, Fab, Jones, Elliot, Jota calm number D first real season for Thiago, Jota and Simakas right wait 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 I know I'm being extremely typical here typical Liverpool supporter they're all new signings they're well they are all like new signings though and say these three are gonna feel like new signings we only got to see unfit covid ridden versions of these players last season maybe a healthy shot for a month or two for them on a personal level it's going to be paramount to their own careers that they step up now and show everybody why Liverpool meant business signing these players in the first place not enough is said about how hard it is for a team that have a system to integrate new players when they themselves aren't training a lot never mind half the team being out at a time during a pandemic season in which several of our players actually caught the virus number four other teams didn't address their depth issues either at risk of repeating this a few too many times the teams we compete with really didn't address all of their depth issues not that we should mirror them at all like at all but it shows that it's really not abnormal to have those areas in the pitch fans aren't too high on if we ignore left back where they've got Chilwell and Alonso who I really like both of them to be honest Chelsea have six players including Chalabar to cover four three centre backs and one right back to cover four positions in every single starting lineup they've got six if they get one injury they've got one backup for four positions that's that's Milner on overload yeah United might have plenty of depth on the wings and at centre back now but they still don't have a single six in their squad and the two eights that cover that position are McTom who I do like to be fair and Fred City don't have a left back or a striker obviously they have versatile players in every area but just like we do man you may still look at that and think we have worse depth than them that's your opinion that's fair enough but that's a far cry from the idea that we're uniquely stuffed if we suffer an injury to a, in the wrong position we have the best centre back depth the best left back depth and the most centre mids out of all those teams versatile centre mids as well and by the way, this is without addressing Spurs. I don't want to like rubbish them. them. They themselves might surprise a few this season. And they've got huge holes in their depth chart. We're all good, baby. Number five. The fans are back. Again, another laboured point. But one of equal, if not greater importance. Anfield is full again. See, si, senor give the ball to Bobby and he will score is being belted out from the stands again once again and our squad can finally be reminded why they do this outside of the half decent pay this is a big part of how we play 
And don't forget these lads won without our lot in the stands losing their minds. They're going to want to rewrite that more than anything else this year. Smile, the fortress is back. Number six, Julian Ward may be a silver lining in disguise. Ari Edwards leaving. Julian Ward, if promoted, I have to say, we may go the committee route, we don't know yet. Julian Ward is a very interesting guy to follow Edwards' footsteps. Having worked with City in Portugal and more, working with scouts in South America and Europe, and not just in the analysis department, but also being our loan manager, inverted commas, a guy whose job it is to build relationships not only with the players themselves, but with clubs and club networks all around the globe, finding growth-positive environments, best place to buy people, which could all very easily translate to the realm of first-team transfers. Well, look, this is a tad speculative, but if he was so involved in academy moves, as has been speculated, we could assume the signings of Cade, Bobby Clark, Fraudendorf and Bikacic were his signings, which all look like incredibly inspired if we're to believe what we're led to believe. And this is without discuss discussing the glowing references from people he's worked with and works with. And this is a quote from Klopp. So if you have to go out on loan, the best thing that can happen is that you have a contract with Liverpool because then Jules is looking after you. Let me say it like this. I'm pretty sure if you ask the players themselves, they would say the same. So that's really, on a personal basis, that's really good. That's Jurgen Klopp himself. Edwards, as magic as he is, might not be the signifier of end times. It might just be the start of an equally exciting era. Number 7. Van Dijk, Matip, Hendo, Gomez, all back from long-term injury. Not a lot needs to be said about four first-teamers, especially of their importance, returning to fitness. Especially in positions we have the depth not only to ease them into this season, but to also rest them throughout. Again, not a lot needs to be said. Outside of signings, it doesn't get more positive than having your best players back in contention. Number 8. From not a lot needs to be said to not a lot is being said. We signed a long-term centre-back target in Kanate. And if you go looking, it doesn't take long to realise why he was or is seen as possibly the man to step into Big Verge's shoes one day. Quick into the challenge, quick in recovery, great in the air. He says himself he needs to work on his skill with the ball at his feet, but if you watched a lot of Leipzig, you'll know he might be underplaying himself a little bit there. Definitely lacking consistency with it, but he has the ability to play dangerous balls from the back, and if anyone knows how dangerous that can be, then fans of Van Dijk's team know. Let's go back to FB Ref to see if and what Konate is better at than 75% of the centre-backs in the top five. Non-penalty goals. Always a bonus. Progressive carries. Total carrying distance. Dribble completion. 99%. Well, the 99% percentile, not 99% of them. So he, there, there's only 1% of defenders in the top leagues in Europe are better at completing dribbles than him. Progressive passes, 74%. So 1% below, but still, this three quarters. Aerials one. Tackles in the mid third, which is a big big thing for Liverpool with how high our line is we need defenders that can win tackles before they get into our third of the pitch and last but not least percent of aerial battles won at a staggering 
he's at a staggering 97% percentile, sorry. Not bad for a youngish centre-back with all the physical tools to become a dominant player in a league as physical as ours. A player definitely to be excited about. Number 9. Not as much pressure as people assume on Naby and Ox playing through niggles into fitness. Once Genie left, a lot of fans assumed we'd have to buy a midfielder to cover the minutes Genie played last season. But there's a couple reasons why that won't be a major issue for our squad. Hendo and Fab playing centre-back last year took two centre midfielders out of the picture. In a season Klopp could ill afford to play others like Ox and Kaito into match fitness. By all accounts, they weren't actually injured for a long time last year, as in Ox and Nab. Klopp and the team were just thrust into a desperate position once everybody else started dropping out and getting ill, so in their own words, they couldn't drop anyone else from the standard best 11. This season will be different, and he will have the opportunity to play them all back into match fitness whilst giving each player ample rest to avoid reoccurring injuries and also fatigue injuries. Add Elliot into the mix, and the other four... Hendo, Fab, Naby and Ox won't actually have to play a lot more each in the middle than they did last year to make up for Genie's minutes. And this is before we factor in Thiago, who was taken out early by that Richarlison tackle in the same game Van Dijk was. If there ever was a perfect storm for Naby and Ox to stamp their authority and win the fans back over, it's this year. With eight fit centre mids to choose from, my bet is on at least one of those two Naby and Ox to effectively be seen as good enough to start for a title winning Champions League winning side by the end of the season and that is a yak guarantee. Positivity! Number 10. We've locked down our core while slowly moving our wage structure up. I'm not going to make this one about the individual contracts. Henderson's is obviously a reward for everything he's done inside and out of the club with Klopp making sure he's kept around for what I assume is more than just playing reasons. And I won't regard anyone's opinion on that, nor Nat Phillips' extension. Although for the ability to sell him in the future, alongside insurance at the back last season, I can kind of see how it makes sense. If not just wholly underwhelming for deadline day news. But we shouldn't forget that Mane, Salah, Bobby and Naby are the only guys with contracts that run out before 2024 now. And if Naby plays how he plays every week for longer this season, he'll earn himself a deal in my opinion. This guy, he's, he is criminally underrated, man. Even by our own guys, by our own fans. And two of Bobby Mane and Salah will sign a new one soon, I imagine. With the other one, maybe two, moving away sooner or later. But the biggest positive isn't necessarily the fact that most of them are locked in here. I mean, it sounds silly because obviously that's pretty fucking important. But it's more that our wage structure isn't staying stagnant. It's actually moving up with the peaks of our players and our profits. This tells me that we're creating more flexibility in terms of signings for the future by creating a larger gap between our younger players, unproven players and the players who've earned a big, big, big wage. We're also creating a clear path within the wage structure whilst increasing the scope of player we can bring in over the next three or so years. This is a huge positive especially for those that feel aggrieved by the lack of activity on the market. This is something none of us can argue about. And to be honest, I think it does a lot to, I was going to say disprove, but to add hope to disprove this notion that FSG will just run us into the ground of mediocrity, refusing to give players what they've earned. 
and massively narrowing our scope of potential addition by not rising with our profit and increasing value. It looks like this is what they are doing. Rising with our profit and increasing value. Fuck. Nah, fuck it. 11. We're still sick. We're still sick. Number 11. We're still sick. We're still the guys around here. Everyone else can ignore the immensely unprecedented context of last season at their own peril. We are unreal. We are un we're unreal, innit? We're, we're fucking unreal, babe. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Just sit on that for a second. We're still sick. We're still legit. We're still it. City. United. Chelsea, Spurs, well, mate, all of these fans getting gassed over their signings and that, even though we're going to laugh at ourselves for being so annoyed because it's coming home, it ain't, it ain't coming back to England, it's coming back to Scouse land, yeah, Scouse not English, yeah, it's coming back, we're still sick. Number 12, we're still sick. Number 13, we're still sick. Number 14, we're still sick. Number 15, we're still sick. Number 16, we're going to win the fucking title. Number 17, we're going to win the fucking Champions League. Number 18, we're going to win the Club World Cup next year. Number 19, stop fucking going on about the FA Cup and League Cup on Twitter, man. Who cares about these cups? Who cares? When other teams win them, everybody else goes, ah, oh, it's Mickey Mouse Cup. And then our own fans are going, but we won't compete in the FA Cup, man. Get out of here. Get out of here. We're still sick. Positive vibes only, baby. I'll catch you on the title winning tour bus tour. Bitch. <laughs>